I'm just Karen. Welcome to Cheetah Cheetah. In case you're wondering, Cheetah Cheetah means ambition in Bahasa. And we will be interviewing Southeast Asia's finest and most ambitious people at our Red Hill offices, right here in Boat Key, Singapore. This week we have James, co-founding partner of Metro Residences. We asked him to tell us about his latest venture, an Airbnb for the corporate market. Hi James, welcome to the Red Hill offices. Um, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. Excellent. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and you know the uh, company that you co-founded? Sure, so um, I'm the co-founder and uh, CEO of Metro Residences. Mm -hmm. um, I started the company in 2014. Uh, before I founded Metro Residences with my partner Lester, I ran a company called Pandabit for about two and a half years. And before Pandabit, I worked as a financial analyst, uh, analyzing publicly listed companies for seven years. Pretty amazing. So what made you decide to do the shift from a job where you had pretty, you know, regular income to starting up your own company? What made you do that? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a confluence of factors. Um, I would, say, I would like to think all pretty well calculated. Okay. Um, so I was, at that time, I, I had worked my first job seven years, uh, liked, the, liked the job for a long time, uh, but came to a point where I felt the learning sort of plateaued. Okay, so that, that was one thing. And then the second thing was, uh, in my old job, I used to study companies, right? So I, I saw from the inside how companies were run. Okay, and along the way, I, I developed a, an urge to want to start my own company. Right. But a lot of it was unspoken and it was just internalized. So I was in my early 30s, as I said, um, not married, no kids, uh, no mortgage. Excellent. Right? But I sort of knew that um, within probably the next five to eight years, I probably would end up with a mortgage. <laughs> Uh, end up with maybe a kid and, and uh, hopefully a wife. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, most most hopefully a wife, right? Even though in today's society that may or may not be the case, right? But, that's true. That's true. Um, so I, I I said okay, I have I have this um, limited window of maybe a couple of years to try, mm. and the worst case scenario, if the business totally failed was I would just continue living with my parents into my 40s. Fair. Yeah. And, and I get along well with my parents. So this was a calculated risk, as you said. You, you thought about this I, and said... Yeah, I like to think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's great. A lot of people have great ideas and they make this big jump, but what were the biggest challenges in terms of, you know, finding funding or getting people to believe in your vision for your, for your future company? Hmm. So, I think... The, um, one of one of the the early challenges early on was was actually just to get sales, right? So um, you know you launch your website, you have a, a very limited budget, and um, you know you you turn the website on and there's no traffic, right? So yeah. so that um, that was sort of the situation for for you know what felt like quite a long time in. in very very beginning um, 
Yeah, so, you know, there, there's no, you know, there was no secret to how, how to solve that problem, but, you know, I just remember that that went on for about 12 months you know, after we started. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, so how did you keep the faith? What did you do to uh, increase footfall on your site? How okay. did you turn it around? Yeah, so, so you know, there was, there were a lot of, there were a lot of uh, dark days and dark nights mm. in, in the very early, early days, right? So, um, there was no salary, right? There was, there was barely any traffic, barely any sales. So, so really the, you know, as I, as I think back, I think the, the only thing that kept, that keeps you going is, is a strong mentality, right? Mm. So, um, and, and, you know, we, me and my, me and my co-founder who's not here, um, we, we, we have this culture of trying to focus on problems that we can control mm -hmm. uh, and problems that can be solved, right? So I think, I think it, was this, it was just this habit of putting one foot in front of the other, right? And, and having this sense of um, just focusing on what are the, you know, there are so many problems in the universe, but we, we, don't, we don't want to focus on the universe. Mm -hmm. We just focus on the immediate problem mm -hmm. and if we can solve it we solve it okay, if we cannot solve it we don't worry about it okay and i think it was just this mental perspective of um you know trying to fight winnable battles in the beginning that, that sort of kept us on track okay so the first company you actually set up was called um panda bed what did you learn from that that helped you in setting up uh, metro residences and tell us a little bit about your newest venture Okay, so um, before I talk about Panabit, so I'll tell you a bit about Metro. So Metro, for the uninitiated, we, we just easily like to call it is the Airbnb for business travelers, right? Because mm. everyone's heard of Airbnb. Yes. Okay? Uh, so that, that's sort of the, the, the two-second pitch on what we are. Okay. But uh, if, you go, if you go more into the detail, Metro is a lot more than that because um, we're not we're not only a website and a, and, a, and a distribution platform for room inventory, okay. But we we are also involved in the physical management of the property, right? Oh wow! Yeah. So so there is this physical component to metro residence, okay. right? Getting the apartments in shape so that it's business ready. Okay? Oh, what does that mean? What, what does that include? So, Wi-Fi and yeah, it's it's wi I mean, it's everything you you expect from a business stay when you are you are traveling for business right okay. meaning you cannot accept any hiccups things must run smoothly the apartment must be clean mm. you know everything looks good right and um, high-speed internet and you know if you have a problem you can someone you can call right um, so so there's that physical aspect of managing the apartments uh, that that we are we're fully integrated on mm. and then there is the online aspect Right, which is which is uh, essentially a distribution channel where uh, or a distribution point where somebody can come and make a booking online. Amazing. And um, where do you you've recently um, you know thought about expanding the business to Japan? Tell us a little bit about about how that opportunity came up because that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So um, the early part of two thousand seventeen, uh, we concluded our Series A funding round mm -hmm. with Rakuten. And uh, you know, Rakuten being a very um, known and large company, internet company in Japan, um, felt that they were able to assist us in a Japan launch if we were to start in Japan. Uh, so 
for those, I mean, just a, just a, three, a 30 second summary on Rakuten. So they, they're sort of the Amazon of Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the largest e-commerce company in Japan right now. Uh, they're quite diversified. They, they even own a bank. Uh, they run a very large travel business. Wow. Um, and uh, and they, they, they do a bunch of other stuff which uh, which I, I'm not sure but they sort of do a little bit of everything related mm-hmm. to e-commerce and uh, and, we, and we looked at that and we said okay even though personally we don't know anything about Japan um, now we are sort of married to a partner who is very intimately intertwined into, into how Japanese e-commerce works right so so that was that sort of like was the first thing that uh, you know what was the main driver for why we wanted, wanted to start out in Japan. And do you think that um, Japan, which is a notoriously tough market to crack, do you think the credibility from Rakuten will um, help help with your rollout? Are you are you excited about the possibilities? Um, I think to an extent, mm. right? Um, but I, I I like to think of you know usually people say I'm a I'm a I'm sort of a cautious optimist, right? So, so, so initially, when when there was this uh, this pitch that okay, you know, Rakuten could really help us out, you know, I, I sort of had this, um, you know, I shrugged it off. I said, yeah, you know, they'll help us out, and and we and that's good and fine, but you know, we've got to make things happen on our own, right? So, so I I still I still sort of hold that view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're busy people. They have things to run. Uh, they have businesses to to take care of. But I think um, being a Rakuten. Uh, sort of a stable company does not hurt, put it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, one of the things is that, that there are a lot of people who want to start their own business and you know want to go into the future with their tech startup. And that's the journey that you yourself have done, having been a venture capitalist and now going into starting up your own business. What advice would you give to people to be brave or like any tips that you have from all your experiences? Don't do it if you don't like pain, for sure. <laughs> um, I think, I, I mean, you know, because I, 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 I have a lot of friends. Some, some started and failed, you know, some, mm-hmm. some started and, and are successful, even though they are, they are a minority. I think um, doing a business is not for everyone. Okay. Okay. So it, it's very hard for me to say who should start and who shouldn't. I think. If you you know if you have self knowledge of, of yourself and, and you know you know what drives you what motivates you you know you, you make that judgment call um, by yourself whether you want to start a business but I think for, for those people that um, for the existing entrepreneurs that, that have started I, I would say um, you know there there are there are few universal laws that I think um, I wish somebody had told me a little bit early. Like what? That sounds interesting. What were the what were the what was the advice you wished you'd had? Yeah. So, I think um, a couple of things, right? So I think I wish that I had um, started talking to wise mentors early on. Okay. Right? I think I think in the very very early days when it was just me and my co-founder, we were we were really just feeling our way way in the dark, right? So. So I think one of the practical advice is you know get around wise mentors, um, sit at their feet, right? Listen to what they say and connect the dots for what everyone is saying, right? So you, you'll see that mentors start saying the same thing, right? And and if you're hearing repetitive advice coming from different sources, mm. it probably means there's some truth in that, 
right? So I think that's one thing. Um, another thing is, um, you know, you need to start with a co-founder that that you respect but is different in skill set, right? So I've seen I've seen this happen with a couple of my friends where they where they start a company with somebody who's almost exactly like them, right? Like, oh, I, I like to drink, so you know, let's go start a bar together, right? Yes, and yes. <laughs> yeah, so. So I think I think having a good a good co-founder really really helps. I know I know in my in in my startup story, um, we, we sort of complement each other, right? So so that that was a big deal for me, um, and I think I think lastly I'd say, uh, really come to love execution, um, because sometimes what I see with founders is they, uh, especially the younger ones, they get very obsessed with the idea, mm-hmm. right? So, so one of the things I, I like to say is you can even take a mediocre idea mm-hmm. with good execution and still turn it into a couple of million dollar business, right? So I think I, I say learn to love execution, okay, right, and and learn to get good at it. Um, and so the other question I had for you was that you've got a very interesting um, website or app, and it allows people to kind of see around apartments before they actually, you know choose to stay in them. What do you think about the future of technology and how that's going to impact your business in terms of will there be a or you know augmented reality or virtual reality tours that people can take? Are you excited about those kind of prospects? Yeah, I mean I think I think even even as we speak, um, you know, prop tech is sort of a thing right now. And you know some of the uh, some of the things that people are trying to figure out is, you know, how do you how do you get transactions to become totally digital mm. right without that physical real life component right um, you know, I forget the name but but I think in the US that that um, there was there was um, recently um, a transaction of a house purchase that was done totally online right so so this person uh, the, the buyer of the house did not even need to see the house um, did not even need to go to a lawyer's office to get the convincing done. Amazing. Everything was just done online and and literally through a click of a button, right? So yeah, I think I think it's it is moving in that direction. Um, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think you you will totally cut out that physical viewing aspect because a home is is a very you know touchy feely thing, right? Mm. And, and people want to live feel in it. yeah live in it and feel the home. But I think. I think that I think if the technology can bring us halfway there, yes. you know, where you cut out half of the viewings, right? That that that's that that goes a long way already. Yeah. And um, and what is one of the most interesting things that you've um, found out in terms of um, in terms of your user base and metro residences? You say you're the Airbnb uh, for the corporate world. Were they being underserved by other market, you know, other market leaders? What made you? What what gives you the you know? perfect platform to help these people yeah so so I mean I, I think going a little bit back in time right before the accommodation disruptors came up in the space um, the the market of uh, foreigners or expats moving mm-hmm. to Singapore were really served mainly by by two um, very uh, very big Big, uh, big industries, right? So one is the hotel industry, mm. um, and one is the service apartment industry. Uh, sometimes the you know the line that separates the two is a is a fine one. Okay, but what what you started, what you saw towards um, you know oh nine oh ten, right? So this is this is going back about seven to eight years, is that 
if you if you look at the prices of service apartments, like like the legitimate big branded service apartments, yeah, and you compare them with the prices of hotels, mm. what you found was that essentially they were they were almost the same price, right? So we're talking like you pay eight or nine thousand dollars a month, it's Singapore dollars, so that's that's roughly about six thousand US wow. a month to stay in say a studio apartment. Okay, so this. Uh, this was like going back, uh, like, like I said, around two thousand and ten, right? And if if you if let's say you had a budget that was thirty percent less than that, right? And you said, okay, I only have four thousand US or about six thousand Sing a mm. month to find a place. Um, essentially, you you would not be able to find something that was decent, right? That that has changed somewhat um, ever since. Um, the, the accommodation disruptors that come in, we are one of them, mm. you know, Airbnb is another one of them. Um, that has, I wouldn't say it's leveled the playing field totally, but it has, it has introduced additional supply into the market, and, and hence the established players have, in my opinion, you know, uh, as a reaction to um, the, the options out there have, have decreased their prices. So, so I think net-net, it is a win for the consumer. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, th- you know, that's kind of how we started, right? Because there was there was a lot of pent up demand for for properties um, that for good quality properties um, at about three, four, at five thousand dollars a month. Excellent. Right? Okay, so my final question is one that is um, about how you were an entrepreneur at the age of seven. Anything you'd like to admit about Marvel comics and selling them as a business? <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> well, we do our research. <laughs> okay, it's interesting that you know that. Um, yeah. So it's, you start young. You you said that you were you know you came too late in life and you might have had to live with your parents, but actually yeah. you've been an entrepreneur since you were seven. So so later when we go offline, I have to ask you I have to ask you how you know that because I, I don't tell that story to too many people, but. Um, <laughs> um, we know other secrets about you too. Yeah, so <laughs> your so, Google search history is public knowledge. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know there was there was this there was this craze uh, of Marvel Marvel <coughs> Universe cards um, in in the late eighties, right? So I was in primary school at that time, and um, you you know you could actually sell rare cards for for quite a quite a bit of money, right? So so I I I did that. Um, I, I wouldn't call it a business, so I, I kind of did that in primary school on the side. Yes. I got into trouble for it, um, and then I was asked to stop, right? So, and did you? Yeah, you have to Were stop. you regulated? Yeah, you, 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 have to, you, you, know, you, you have to stop because, uh, because you have to graduate. Excellent, yeah, okay. So, so yeah, I, I did that for a while, but, but you know, you, 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 have to, you have to respect the teacher, so you can't, you can't go all the way. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't scale that business model. No. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us today. Um, Have a great evening. You too. And that brings us to the finale of this week's episode. We'd like to thank James so much for joining us this evening and look forward to staying at a metro residence in Asia very soon.